This podcast is brought to you by Signals, an AI marketing tool that helps you automate, grow, and close sales pipeline. Welcome to the Signals Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us on this journey of innovation through our Demand Gen Summit, Fall of 2023. Today, we are diving deep into the world of demand generation, broadening our understandings of the connections that define our digital age. Throughout this series, we will navigate breakthroughs, chat with experts, and provide a front row seat to the experiences shared at the Demand Gen Summit. For this episode, our speaker, Christopher Engman, co-founder and managing partner at Megadeals, will discuss Megadeals in the enterprise SaaS space. We hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. I'm Christopher Engman from Megadeals. If you, uh, if you want to connect with me, please take your camera and point it at this barcode. Uh, so we deal with something we call finite markets. So finite markets are markets that are limited, limited not in volumes, but limited in number of players. So give you a few examples. So if you sell to the oil and gas industry, for example, is highly dominated by, I think something like 17 companies. I mean, there are hundreds of thousands of companies in the oil and gas industry, but 17 are the ones that really take I think it's plus 80% of the volumes in the world. And you have many markets like that. And we work with companies that have a finite market. And we we say, and this is, there is no exact uh, number, but we say if 80% of the volumes in your market are controlled by less than 200 companies, you are a good target for us. You're a good partner for us. Uh, a few other aspects that are key when, when dealing with mega deals and using the mega deals discipline and, and framework and machinery is that you have cross hierarchical, cross functional decisions. You also have an offering that is highly complex, which hinders you to have yet another sales guy coming in and replicate it after one month. Typically, you have a few really qualified people that run the deals. And the last criteria is that you're entering into a fairly complex mix of processes surrounding technologies, KPIs, a pretty complex organization on the customer side. So these four, on top of having a finite market, lead to something we call rainmaker dependency. Here illustrated by Michael Jordan, but you can illustrate it by Serena Williams or any kind of sports star, especially in team sports and business as a team sport you see big dependencies on a few names, same in, in, in soccer, like Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, and a few others. So, and, and there's another thing we address, and this is illustrated by my colleague, Bora. He was a highly decorated salesperson, sales leader within American Express, dealing with the biggest retailers in the world, the biggest hospitality chains in the world, the biggest airlines, etc. He always went to these diamond award clubs all around the world. Uh, and he said that doing these kind of deals in a finite market. And for them, the finite market wasn't an industry. It was the biggest B2C companies. But that is a finite market as well, because if you take, again, the volumes in the airlines, the hotel chains, et cetera, it's actually a, a combination of finite markets. You obviously have the long tails of each, but that's not our cup of tea. And he said that dealing with, with that the old school way was a bit like being John McLean in, in Die Hard or here by, illustrated by Bruce Willis. You're fighting one terrorist organization at a time. You're bruised. Your jacket is torn. You're, you're working until 11 in the evening, etc. It's very hard work. He said, well, what if I instead could be this highly media promoted person, but for exactly 
the kind of companies and the stakeholders I want to I want to win and grow. And, and he, he used the analogy of being Iron Man or Iron Woman with the support of 30 drones. So in the same amount of time, you can you can talk to 30 skyscrapers. You can fight 30 terrorist organizations at the same time, which is what, what you want to achieve. One key characteristic when dealing with relatively complex deals, and especially if you... So there's a third criteria I didn't mention. So you have a finite market. You have the four complexity that, complexities that lead to a, a dependency on a few superstars. But if you also are creating a new category, then there's another angle that opens up. So when selling a new category as opposed to a sanctioned category, you need to convince a way bigger audience of people. If you sell an established category like CRM, yeah, you're more into features and functions, brand and price. But if you sell a new category, you typically need to go higher up and you need to win way more people's votes because the category isn't sanctioned yet. Another key trait among the most successful companies in our type of game is that they spend as much as 50% of the go-to-market go budget on, on marketing and the other one on sales and travels, et cetera, and what have you. They also have a pretty good split between the faces. So the low performers put almost all energy on lead generation, whereas the highest performers are doing, of course, lead generation, but they're also doing pipeline marketing and they're doing marketing towards their existing customers to either grow in users, growing geographies, growing business units, or sell more modules or services. So if you have a dependency on a, a few rainmakers, it's actually not so easy to duplicate them with a bigger and bigger sales force. And even if you do that, you'll find that the new sales people just come to the proven guys go, can you help me? I have these tricky questions. Can you come with me to a meeting that is happening next week? And typically the calendars are preventing this. So instead you need to take away all unnecessary tasks you can from the Raymakers. Some really good people have one or two secretaries support people. You also wanna make sure you scale the Rainmakers through video content and media coverage. I'll show you more on that soon. And you need to learn a team-based orchestration model, which is mega deals in this case. And you need to learn certain new skills. So in the beginning, we start off as a consulting company. Uh, the first company where we introduced this, it was a company where I stepped in as a CRO and the largest investor. And we went from three to 90 million euros in just two years without increasing the go-to-market span, just shifting and, and making things differently. And that made it very tempting to implement it with others. And we started to do so as a consulting company. Um, we went from, from, from zero to, to about 3 million euro in, in, in revenue, um, profitably. So very tempting. And the customers were, were happy. But we saw that they struggled to fulfill what they needed to do because it was too big of a change. Assume we changed 13 areas. So, so in, a, in a way, we broke the back of our clients. And, and instead, we say, how can we go for 50 60% of the fact for way less money and, and hitting the steepest part of the low diminishing return. So what can we do with a limited amount of time, limited amount of money and reach 50, 60% of the full negative effect? And that, that's something we've done. Uh, and before introducing what that is, actually dealing with a finite market is a bit of a paradox. You need to defer decisions to increase your win rate. 
let that sink in. To get a high win rate, you need to defer decisions. If you apply the regular models of having BDRs and SDRs cold calling the top people in the accounts you want to win in this finite market, you actually force them to make a too early decision. You're forcing them to say yes and no, not yes and no to buying, but yes and no to meeting you. And the likely answer, if you're not super known, your brand is not known, your category is not known, your key people are not known, the typical answer is no. So to increase win rate and actually sell faster, we want to defer decisions. And that's a bit of a paradox. The way to do it on a very high level is you're mixing the regular sales with hyper-targeted media. So I'll show you soon. And uh, four different social selling techniques. I'll quickly cover them in, in, a few, in a few minutes. And we claim that what we have created is the next level after campus marketing. I started the first campus marketing company in the world. We were the first mentioned by Gartner, et cetera, then sold it maybe a bit too early to, to, to Dun & Bradstreet. But what we have created now is generation five. We call it deal orchestration enablement. And that's a combination of these four things that you see on the screen. So account intelligence, knowing exactly who is who in those accounts, how to do the sales in a, for a finite market, how to do hyper-targeted media specifically for a finite market, and how to do the social selling also for a finite market. And I'll, I'll show you soon what we came up with. We, we, we shrunk it down to, to basically three things. Um, so the first thing is this account intelligence piece. So everyone that is dealing with important accounts, whether they are the biggest in the region, in any kind of industry, or there's specific industry, like I said before, the top 37 or the top 57 companies in a certain industry, or up to 200 if you want. One key thing is to know exactly how these companies look, who is sitting where, et cetera, to know where, where we are when we talk to them. And, and this is kind of a no-brainer, but very few people on the sales side have time to do it. So that's one of the services that we provide. And the second thing is that we research the same individuals, of course, in LinkedIn, but also in, in Facebook, Instagram, and all the other platforms. We don't find all of them, and we drop content to, to them individually. We call it person-based targeting, which is kind of next level of precision after classic uh, account-based marketing. But we're also, so, that, that, that's, so, so that's the technique down here. We're also mixing it with a, a very industrialized way of doing geofencing. So we're shrinking the, the space to 100 by 100 meters and pinpointing certain buildings. It can be both company buildings, but also like a chairman or some, some key people's homes. Very, very effective. And dropping content to, to them. Uh, and just to show you some examples, I want to make a key point. So we, we're also not just pushing the company brand and talking about a category and the reference, et cetera. We're also pushing certain key individuals because it's very effective to create a Hollywood effect around them. So when they then meet the client, they're already known. They're like celebrities in a very close community. Very, very effective. So and then we're ongoing on an ongoing monitoring. We're intentionally not showing you all the details, but we're showing you exactly which companies, which individuals are showing the highest traction. I also want to share some other learnings. So, so when dealing with a finite market and relatively complex deals, there are five key things that you need to be aligned with. The first one is to know 
what are these top 37 companies key initiatives typically three to five key initiatives per company if we don't have a fit with a key initiative our likelihood of doing a deal is way lower so just by in each case you have in the pipeline knowing do you have a fit or not with the key initiatives will save you 50 percent of the time so if you want an easy win to, to go away with that's the one and the second one as you saw earlier is to understand a map ecosystem and it's not always just people inside the account it can also be these are their consultants these are the vendors they're working with sometimes you need to win votes uh, outside accounts so people around the company and then you you can use media to drive consensus at scale. But there's a fourth thing that is super, super valuable. And we've seen this in our research. Anyone doing medium-sized to large deals rely a lot on Trojan horses. Not to be uh, exchanged or mistaken for champions, those are needed as well. But Trojan horses are people further down in an organization that feed you with invaluable information though you wouldn't get otherwise. And they give you an intelligence that you, you can't get uh, without them. I also want to show you another perspective, and we have a much longer video on this if you want to. So Pygmy, if you want to understand, we call it the W model. So when dealing with a large organization, especially when you sell a new category, when you sell a sanction categories, price, features, functions, and then a winner. So then you're only at the last I of the W. But if you sell a new category, you typically need to anchor a new set of problems very high up on the customer side. You need to anchor the promise of the new category very high up. And they typically then delegate it down because they don't have time to validate what your claims are. They delegate it down and say to people somewhere in the middle. So somewhere like VP directors, managers, they get the tasks to, to look at this category and this specific vendor's promises, claims, and then they report it back. So, so then they go back up in the W back to the top saying, the claims that this vendor is making about this new category are true. And then they said, cool, let's spend more time with them and see if they are the right vendor because they're probably competitors. And then, so the ending of it is the same as for a sanction category, but the start is different. And this is also why only 15, 1.5% of proven, really good salespeople make it in an environment with an unproven category. Let that sink in, 15, 1.5%. So you can take the smartest people from big proven companies selling established, sanctioned, proven categories, put them in an unproven category and they'll fail. So I want to show you something else. Uh, let's skip. So, so uh, before moving slide, so talking about the paradox that we, that we touched on before, there's a key thing to do to have a high win rate in a finite market. And that is to defer decisions. I'm now switching gears into social selling. So the third component, um, everything is based on the account intelligence, but then you have three components on top, the normal sales, the hyper-targeted media that I just showed you, and then social selling. And I will give you a glimpse into four social selling techniques, but I will first make an analogy. So let's say I want to get to know you. Uh, I might see you in the gym, uh, the first time I don't step up straight to you going, hi, I'm Christopher Engman. Who are you? That's weird. But that's what we do with the SDRs and the BDRs. And not, not only is it, not me, it's a junior guy. So junior guy is stepping, out, uh, stepping up to you going, hi, I'm Jason, blah, blah, blah. You're like, okay, that's weird. So we want to create a flow that is human, right? 
And in the gym, the normal flow is that I, I see you a few times, that maybe the third, fourth time I nod at you, the fifth time I say hi, the seventh time, eighth time, I might end up in a machine near you. Then I might exchange a few words. I might give my hand to you and say, hi, I'm Christopher, by the way. I've seen you here a lot. And then you step back again. Because being if you're too aggressive, it's weird. Like So we want to mimic a normal behavior. And then maybe the 15th time we end up talking about a deeper topic, maybe decide, oh, let's go for a coffee or something. Uh, and then all of a sudden we have established a relationship. The problem with most techniques that are taught they are good for an infinite market. When you can, when you can afford to have a V-shaped funnel, and you can also afford to burn bridges on the way, but if you have a finite market, you need to defer decisions to get a higher uh, amount of yeses. Because I think you agree. If I stick my hand to you, the first thing I, that we do when I see you, you will think weird guy, or I mean, maybe interesting, but that's a weird behavior. So unless we're at the conference where you're supposed to shake hands with people immediately, that's a different thing. But in the normal context, it is a gradual flow into actually talking and, and getting to know each other. So it's the same in social selling. And this is maybe not valid if you have an infinite market, but if you have a finite market, you need to not burn bridges. We've even established a KPI for it called BBR, burning bridges rate. Most people are looking at conversion rate, the number of bookings, number of XXX, but they're not looking at how many bridges are we burning. So cold calling an email is actually making the customer decide too early and the likelihood is no, answer is no. We, we might shake out some early meetings, but we burn a lot of bridges on the way. So we're destroying our mid and long-term game. So we need to keep the BBR super low and the win rate super high. So this is a flow in, in, in LinkedIn. So what you do is that you uh, go into some of the key people's profiles, you check out their posts, and you like and comment. You wait a few days. It's very likely that they like and say thank you or something. Then you wait a few more days, and you do this at many, with many stakeholders at the same time. You wait a few more days. You go into the same person, scroll down a bit find another post, make a like and another comment. And it's very likely again that they say thank you and, and like it back. Then, like you can do this for several iterations, but after a few iterations, this is again the gym flow. Then you add them as a contact. You might even write a comment in your contact request, which is related to some of the things you liked in the past. That's a human behavior. The immediate add contact is not the human behavior. It's the, hi, I'm Christopher too fast. And then, uh, you gradually, uh, uh, and when they accept you, which they likely will do if you have liked a few of their posts and commented, you say, thank you for adding me. Thank you for accepting my contract request. Nothing more. Not, you probably receive this. They jump immediately into selling. No, that's not good. So defer the yes and no, and instead take it step by step. So thank you for accepting my contract request. I hope you will have a great Thursday. Nothing more. And then you go back again. A few days later, like and comment another post. And then you probably get again a thank you. And then you write in the in the chat, uh, uh, I really like what you're writing, blah, blah, blah. And then you can introduce a question all of a sudden. Like for us, since we deal with companies with a finite market, I often ask, what's your ICP? What's your ideal customer profile? And they'll tell, they'll tell me, well, we're mainly selling to oil and gas. Just an example. And then I go, oh, oil and gas, okay. 
but that's a, that's a highly oligopole market. You have 17 companies making up for plus 80% of the volumes. And they go, yeah, that's correct. I say, interesting. So by the way, here's a video on how to deal with finite markets, or here's a LinkedIn post. So you gradually, but it's in the beginning, it's all about them. And then you gradually move it into actually a conversation. Then you might say, can, can we jump on a call? I want to share something with you regarding finite markets. Um, but then, and, and this gym flow, we actually call it give love. It can start in four different ways. The first one is to just initiate this flow on the ones who clicked on your hyper-targeted ads. The second flow was what I showed you. you. You cold start it. You start, these are the top people in my top accounts, and you start to do it with 20 at a time. And, and you need to dedicate a few hours per week. But then some will say, but then I don't have time to book meetings. Well, you'll see after a few weeks. So for example, us. So we, we have grown significantly from... 100,000 100, euros to 2.3 million euros in ARR in eight months, and it's growing. I spend one day per week selling. The rest is our, uh, we use the same machinery. We use the same model, and, and it's really effective. So, uh, um, but, but I also want to share with you number three. Number four, we, we can actually skip in conscious of time. So number three is very effective. A way to infiltrate the company is to write about them. And when you write a post about them, it should be zero about you. So it's not like blah, 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 blah. And that's why we exist. No, 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 no. Purely about them. You pick something good that they've done, write a post about it. You go, here's a shout out to this great green tech company doing greener buildings with the uh, Green Iron, for example, making this up. Uh, uh, and compliments to Daniela, the CEO, and, and Christopher, the CMO, et cetera, for, for good work. And congratulations to the award you had last week. So you write the positive post about, about them. Guess who will read it? The employees in the company will definitely pick it up. And it's enough that a few of them do, typically the ones you've tagged, they like it and say thank you. And then their colleagues will see it. So you quickly combine with the other tactics, grow your presence in, in this account. And again, it's about the paradox. We want to defer decisions, be more human to get a much higher win rate, an extremely low burning bridges rate, BBR. And again, you're combining the full intelligence around the accounts with normal sales, hyper-targeted media, and the social selling. So if you want to talk more with me, which I hope you will, you can again scan this barcode or write to me, christopher.megalist.com. Uh, and I have quite a few. So if you're interested, I gladly share a few videos. One is, one is about the whole discipline. Another one is how you build up the W model for your particular company with a new category. And the, the third one is about how more details about how the deal orchestration enablement actually works. Thank you so much. We hope you have enjoyed delving into the intricate world of demand generation and gaining a fresh perspective on the forces that drive our interconnected world. If you found today's episode intriguing, don't forget to check out others on our website at getsignals.ai so you never miss an opportunity to explore the latest breakthroughs and insights. A special thank you to our dedicated teams for making this episode possible. Your passion for uncovering the innovative realities of demand generation is what fuels this podcast. And lastly, but certainly not least, 
A big thanks to you, our listeners. Your curiosity and enthusiasm keeps us motivated to bring you the most engaging content. Until next time.